Welcome to the first episode of Rustlers Roundup. The At The Flicks team love westerns and we plan in a series of pod shorts to talk about some of the best of the genre from our lifetime. We will be presenting 20 audio essays on some of the greatest western movies of the last 60 years. Saddle up and ride along with Jeff the Kid, Itchy Trigger Finger Graham and Snake Eyes Neil. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I can see who wrote this. <laughs> Today we travel back to the year 1966 for the Howard Hawks movie, El Dorado, which starred John Wayne. Now that's what I call a Western. And if you think that is good, just have a look at the fantastic art pictures which are shown with the credits. They are produced by Olaf Vikhorst, who also has a small role in the film as the character Swede. No racial stereotype in there. As for the main characters, John Wayne plays gun for hire Cole Thornton. What a great sounding name for a Western. (laughs) Who is hired by a rancher for help in a range war. On the way to the ranch... Cole stops in the town of El Dorado, where he meets up with former friend and now local sheriff J.P. Harra, played by the always excellent Robert Mitchum. Harra tells him the job is not what Thornton believes it is. The rancher, Bart Jason, Ed Asner, wants to expand his land by threatening rival honest ranchers. After listening to this, Cole decides to decline the job As he is leaving the area, there's a serious misunderstanding which results in him getting shot close to his spine. The local doctor warns Cole that if he doesn't get it sorted by a proper doctor, he will eventually be paralysed for life. Seven months later. Thornton, who still hasn't had the problem sorted, hey, it's John Wayne, (laughs) rides into a western town where he meets Nelson McLeod, Christopher George, who has been hired by Jason for his ongoing rancher war. Cole also learns his old friend Hara has become a drunk. Thornton decides to set off to see his old friend, initially reluctantly, accompanied by a young traveller called... My name is Alan Bedillion Traherne. Lord Almighty. Or, as it is shortened by Thornton, to the name of Mississippi, one of actor James Caan's first roles. Now... When Thornton and Mississippi arrive in El Dorado, they realise things are worse than McLeod said. Jason has established a small army of professional gunfighters and Hara has become... Well, let's get to John Wayne and let him describe this. I'm looking at a tin star with a drunk pinned on it. The new partnership of Thornton and Mississippi isn't much better. Mississippi is hopeless with a gun and Thornton is getting more and more severe paralysis attacks because of the bullets still lodged in his back. Will this motley crew be able to stand up to Bart Jason, Nelson McLeod and their small army in the town of El Dorado? Hang on, Jeff. Now, that sounds a bit like an earlier Howard Hawks film, Rio Bravo. This indeed has the same director, Howard Hawks, the same star, John Wayne, and even the same writer, Lee Brackett, who of course went on to write one of your favourites, The Empire Strikes Back. 
Now, to be fair, this didn't start out to use the Rio Bravo template. Lee Brackett used Harry Brown's rather dark novel, The Stars in Their Courses, for the basis of her script. While that does feature a range war, there is not much else which is similar. You could class the novel as somewhat melodramatic, and the John Wayne character meets something of a tragic ending. However, the closer they got to filming, the more Howard Hawks wanted to use the plot template, which turned out to be not too dissimilar to Rio Bravo, and and pointed Lee Brackett in that direction with her script rewrites. Interestingly, Hawks always denied that this was a remake of the earlier film, despite the similarities being pointed out to him. As for Harry Brown... He was so disappointed with the changes, he tried and failed to get his name taken off the credits. So you could say that El Dorado is essentially a copy of a film from the 1950s, but what a copy. It's an entertaining story with great and strong characters. John Wayne, Robert Mitchum and James Caan are all wonderful in this film. Interestingly, even when El Dorado opened, it was deemed old-fashioned by the critics, Westerns were much tougher by this time, A Fistful of Dollars and Nevada Smith, a movie release which resulted in a six-month delay for this film, were tough and amoral. With El Dorado, there is a moral code which runs through it like a stick of Blackpool rock, yet it is what audiences wanted, as it was a great hit at the time. What struck me then, and again now watching this film, is the humour. Initially, it would have been a more serious production if one of the stars had got his way. Robert Mitchum wanted to play the sheriff as a down-at-heel drunk, similar, I guess, to Dean Martin in Rio Bravo. Hawke says no, and the role was played essentially for laughs. The scenes where Wayne and Khan first encounter the drunk Mitchum and tried to sober him up a comedy gold. Probably not politically correct with its view of alcoholism, but still very funny. That comedy is continually played to perfection by its cast. That casting is, I think, one of the reasons of the movie's success. There is an air of reliability and effortless charm which runs throughout. That well-played sense of familiarity, its old-fashioned appeal and general air of entertainment is why it was selected as one of our choices. The combination of film stars of a bygone decade, a sense of fun and moral code make it something of an exception in its time. The routines between James Caan and both of the leading actors, especially over his character name, are hilarious. Also, the interplay and sense of fun between Robert Mitchum and John Wayne, actors who previously had not got on, is clear to see. In fact, they remain friends for the rest of their life after this film. Yet there is another reason for its unexpected big success of its time, which I mentioned earlier, that of its moral code. This is in direct contradiction to the man with no name as played by Clint Eastwood. His amoral gunfighter in A Fistful of Dollars is playing both sides in a range war for personal profit. Add to that, the year of release was 1967, a time of domestic turmoil in America. So a film of strong and old-fashioned moral code creates an air of nostalgia and comfort, a recall of an earlier sense of values and perceived stability. Bear in mind that Fistful of Dollars comparison. Here, John Wayne's Cole Thornton is persuaded by former gunslinger-turned-sheriff J.P. Hara, which is the right side to take in the planned range war. On that information, Wayne declines to take part. His code is further exhibited when, in a misunderstanding, he shoots young Luke MacDonald who then commits suicide. Rather than leave Luke's body, he returns him to his father, a move which almost gets him killed. 
Note also how Thornton leaves the two participants in the range war. For Jason and co, he carefully and very skillfully backs his horse out of the homestead, watching the hired guns as he goes. That's a great, great piece of cinema, by the way. He actually did that for real. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. He backs the horse out, keeping his eye on all these yep. hired guns. It's great. Oh, it's, great, it's, great little thing. It's just a beep, 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 going <laughs> on. Carry on. Um, with MacDonald, he turns and rides off, sure in his own mind that he will not get bushwhacked. I guess you could look at this as a fateful misunderstanding, as that is sort of what happens to him next. Sounds like John Wayne fandom to me. <laughs> While we do talk about a number of his movies in this series, this is the only one which reflects the values of John Wayne, the Western star from previous decades. Let's stick with that moral code aspect Jeff spoke about for a moment. There is the respect that Cole Thornton clearly has for his secondary villain, Nelson MacLeod. None for Jason, who is disliked throughout. Just as John Wayne hated the actor who played him, Ed Asner, because of his politics, both gunfighters acknowledge the skill of the other whenever they meet. Even during the final confrontation between the two men, where Wayne is paralysed and has to trick MacLeod to win, the dying man acknowledges the skill of Thornton. Although, interestingly, that respect is not there between MacLeod and Sheriff Hara because MacLeod sees him as a drunk and no longer up to his standard. The trickery to win is another aspect of the film which relates to its success and has a direct reference back to Rio Bravo. Here we have in John Wayne's Cole Thornton, a man who is far older than many, if not all, of his contemporaries. He has survived for months with increasingly serious spasms as the bullet moves ever closer to his spine, and at the climax of the movie he is paralysed on one side of his body. Then there is Robert Mitchum's character, who is a recovering alcoholic and has been shot in the leg. They survive not because they are faster, those days are long gone, they survive because of the experience, making them smarter than the people they're fighting against. Jeff, you've been unusually quiet for a couple of minutes. <laughs> As you're one who would find fault with anything, are there any aspects of the film you don't like? If there's one thing I could change, it would be the music score from Nelson Riddle. Oh, really? The theme we played at the beginning of the show is really good. I agree with you about that. However, this is not reflective of much of the background score. Take as an example the album track called Shootout, which in the film takes place as Wayne, Mitchum and Khan are approaching the church where some of the bad guys are hiding. Listen to this section of it. Now, that seems to me to be more in keeping with the Batman TV series, which Nelson Riddle was scoring at the time rather than a Western. And you might want to put in some of that Batman score here so <laughs> listeners can have that comparison. As you see, it's nothing like Dmitry Chomkin's excellent music for Rio Bravo. Now, one thing that some critics and viewers complain about, which I don't mind, is the length of the film, and it's putting plot second to the characters. For example, the film really ends five minutes before the credits roll. That extra time is just us hanging out with these characters as embodied by the older actors. The same can be said for the extended prologue. Indeed, 
director Howard Hawks got Mitchum to sign on by saying, don't worry about the script, it has great characters. Mm. Now, this in a sense brings us back to the beginning and Howard Hawks changing the original intention of writer Lee Brackett to bring it back to something akin to Rio Bravo. Even Hawks's direction seems out of kilter with changes coming to cinema, more old-fashioned but never slow, and a wonderful use of slow fates. So there we have it, a film within our time frame that probably would have been better suited to a decade earlier. Yet the combination of its stars and director makes El Dorado a film that, viewed from a modern perspective, is a timeless classic. A small footnote here, there was one further attempt by Howard Hawks, Lee Brackett and John Wayne to remake Rio Bravo, although Hawks yet again denied it. It was called Rio Lobo. It's okay, but nothing compared to the other two even with a great Jerry Goldsmith music score. Thanks for that, Jeff. Let's look at what the professional critics say. That's a bit that's a bit patronising. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. And coming from you, Neil, people will say, yeah, it's Neil, I'm the go with him. <laughs> Roger Ebert said, at the time of its release, El Dorado is a tightly directed, humorous and altogether successful Western. British critic Tony Solomon has said in recent years, This screen meditation on ageing proves to be one of the most pleasurable of all Hollywood movies. Jeff Andrew from Time Out, it's a witty, exciting and deeply moving masterpiece. If we have now persuaded you to check this out or revisit it again, please let us know what you think. In the meantime, we'll play out with the main titles of El Dorado. Okay, guys, saddle up. Let's mosey over to the next movie. 